Hello and welcome to Morlocks, a let's experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters of Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is Vodka Blitz. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. What about you? Prepping for LVO. We're, we're a little more than a week out. So Yeah, it's so close. So this will this episode will be out during LVO while I'm in, actively in Vegas. Um, I'm doing a bunch of pre-records so that the week of LVO and the week after of LVO I have prepped before I leave. So I don't have to bring any of my recording equipment with me. Um, so just be aware of that, listeners, in case we get new characters and stuff shown off. Um, yeah. Um, and then, uh, for those who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Vodka Blitz. Uh, I've been playing MCP for a while now. I uh, started uh, just about when the Web Warriors first came out, so Miles, Gwen, and Venom. So you've been been playing since before me. Ooh. Because uh, um, my first release was Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, okay. So at least it's not too far. Yeah, away. we were right in the same area. I, yeah. I think I was like, it was like the Spider-Verse came out and then the Defenders with Ant-Man and Wasp was like, I started playing in between those two releases. Yeah, they were pretty close. And like MCP's the first miniature game I actually got super into. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I started playing uh, Mini's game with uh, 40k, like most people. Yep. But that was back in, I want to say, third edition. Maybe like on the cusp of fourth, back when I was in college. So it's been a while now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, cool. And then you are, from what I understand, from what I remember, one of the many X-Men pilots out there. Yeah, I've been playing them since day one. Like, when they, mm -hmm. X-Men are, like, they're my love story in comics in general, right? Um, I didn't start reading comics until I was, like, already an adult. And, uh, they're the, they're the ones that got me into it, actually. Yeah. I had a friend's. Uh, when I started college, that recommended it. Uh, recommended them to me, and it was around the time where um, the House of M arc started up. Okay, and that got me hooked, like mm -hmm. right there. So when the X Men came out in MCP, I was super hyped for them. Really loved uh, Storm's leadership, like just being so dynamic, making you think about the game very differently. Uh, it was like the right pick for me, so I started playing them right about there and never stopped because they were so maligned for a while. Um, so I was super motivated to make them shine, and here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you are one of the many people I uh, partially blame for Omnis beating me every week. <laughs> Cause... I'll take it. Yeah. I am in the Omnis meta. <laughs> it is a thing. Oh, yeah, I believe you. Mm -hmm. I think recently I've been the only person not playing New Wolverine. Vogan <laughs> is pretty great. He's maybe too good. I don't know yet, but uh, time will tell. Yeah. 
I think he hits above his weight class too much. Yeah, well, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's my view of it is the level of consistency Logan is at should be reserved for five costs. Yeah, I can see an argument for that. Like, even though I've played him a lot since he came out, I'm not sure yet, but I usually, like, besides hot takes, uh, mm-hmm. I usually, like, need some time to yeah. mold things over. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh... But now time for the hottest question of the yep. uh, of the week. What character not in Marvel Crisis Protocol do you think should be in Marvel Crisis Protocol? I, I'm going to pick a spicy character that I would really like to see uh, for Winterguard. I would really like to see um, Chernobog, the, the yes. god of darkness. Uh-huh. Uh, I will since... take more Winterguard, by God. <laughs> Yeah, I really like the affiliation, but uh, having only four characters is rough. Uh, especially like with the new crises, it limits your setup so much. I think with one, maybe two more boxes, uh, they'd be a lot to do with. Well, I I had real good success with Winter God. I took them for a ten-game win streak when they first came out. Nice. Uh, j- playing a very different Winter God than most people. Because um, most people were like central or semi-central crises, really play them as a as a fortress. Yeah. I was playing them on Ds and Fs. Yeah, I can see it. They have like uh, Crimson Dynamo and uh, Red Guardian are pretty solid and relatively mobile. Mm-hmm. And Ursa, with a little help, is actually surprisingly mobile. Uh-huh. And it's... They are so survivable in ways that can make you survive 2v1s so consistently. They're very good on spread out 1v1, 2v1 fights. Yeah. That it really like, worked out. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Like, especially Ursa Major, like... Early on, when you read his card, sometimes you could be, like, a little underwhelmed. But when uh, when I saw him uh, do work on the table, I was really surprised by just how efficient he is. Yeah, he is so good. Yeah, um, he looks a lot worse than he actually is. Yeah. Um, and uh, my secret tech for that list was running Electra. Oh, that is spicy. Um, cause when you, uh, defensive matrix on a martial powers defense. Oh, what does defensive mate? Oh yeah. The um, Re- defensive buff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The re-roll two defense, uh, attack dice from, uh, your opponent plus five defense. If they deal no damage, they take two damage. Yeah, and then... take damage and you gain a power back. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like it. Like that's the thing, right? Electra's probably the the one MCP character I'm down on, like, I believe every other character in the game is, like, from fine to great. Mm-hmm. But Electra, I just can't seem to see it. I've had really good success with her. Um, but that's just me. I think there are a couple lists I put her in. Um, my Winter Guard list, they really like the Gwent character. Uh, they have good synergy with Electra, and they give her a mystic attack that is 
very solid. Like, I think her uh, gainer is great. But it's not a gainer, right? So you only gain power if you deal damage? Yeah. It is functionally a gainer in 90% of situations. Yeah. It's... um, And then there is a Shadowlands Daredevil build where you are trying to attack and then get onto objectives on turn one, where uh, the old characters who can move once, attack the midline, and then somehow get onto the point. Um, and she does it, um, Shadowlands Daredevil does it, and then Craven the Hunter does it. And that's your yeah. core. No, no, yeah, I, uh, I can see it work. Um, you also get to play new, a bully cap in that in that list, and that's super fun. Yeah, I think Bully Cap was still pretty good, and people, like, haven't played him as much. Yeah. Part of that is, I think, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is a relatively complex affiliation <laughs> of Pilot. Yes. And, like, it scares a lot of people off. Especially uh -huh. since it doesn't have, like, the, the cachet or the popularity of X-Men, which I think is a hard affiliation to Pilot, but just has a lot more IP recognition. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, So, like, I I think every character in this game has at least a couple places they can go. Even the worst character in the game. Yeah, I agree. Like, people, I think that's going to be one of my few criticisms of the MCP community. Folks don't tend to try every character, like, just put them on the table and see how they feel. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the big things I really like about your show, trying to, like, shine new light on characters and just find find a home for them. Mm -hmm. uh, which I believe, like, I wholeheartedly agree with you that there's one for every character in this game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's also, it's, it's not just that. I think sometimes people forget to re-examine old characters with new affiliations. Yes, all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's super worth revisiting some characters, especially after big meta shifts or, like, new yeah. releases or new affiliations came out. Like, right now with the new crises is the perfect time to rethink old characters and how they impact the board. Yeah. So, like, for instance, when the new crises came out, I'm a huge X-Men fan and player. Uh, one of the first characters I wanted to try again was Cable because mm -hmm. with how the new shapes turned out, uh, I wanted to test his mobility, his range, and, like, how he would fare on, uh, for the most part, closer crises. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Chunabug, great pull. Yeah. Um, I am personally pulling for Red Widow out of the Winter God stockade. Yeah, uh, Red Widow's so cool. Just because that is, like, my type of character. Um, but yeah, no, there, there is so many characters. There are too many characters I want in this game. And some of them are years and years away. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Come on, give me the runaways. Give me the runaways. I mean, th that's the thing with Marvel, right? There's like so many comic book lines and fan favorites, even if like a little obscure or even like super popular ones. Yeah. Uh, like we're in the fourth year of MCP and there's no Fantastic Fours or Doctor Doom. And that's, like, one of the most iconic IPs of Marvel. 
Yes and no. I've been thinking about this recently. Um, and I think we Marvel people overestimate the cultural impact of the Fantastic Four in the modern day. Yeah, I can see it. Like, probably, they're probably bigger for comic book nerds than in the actual zeitgeist. Yeah, I think they are a lot less impactful. They are, I think they are fan favorites, but a lot more niche than people expect. Mostly because they haven't had a good media property uh, outside of comics since... Ever? Yeah, like forever. Like, (laughs) maybe the Fantastic Four TV show way back in the day? I think even that's a stretch. Yeah, and that's a... So it's like, I think the identity of the Fantastic Four to the popular culture has actually been tarnished too much for them to be a major player in Marvel at this point, from a cultural standpoint. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah, I see your point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, like, while they are, like, notable for very important historical reasons, and, like, they're comic book fan faves, and they'll come out eventually because they are, like, the type of player base that is very vocal about this game is also very keyed into Marvel as a larger, beyond-the-surface context. Um, I'm not, the more I think about it, the less I am surprised it has taken them this long to come out. Yeah, like, with, even with, like, current character releases and spoilers, right? There's still some big names that aren't there yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, some characters that even show up in uh, big MCU properties, for instance. People are going to hate me for saying this. I would be more excited for the Eternals coming out than Fantastic Four. Yeah, I think most people are hyped for Fantastic Four because they would most likely come with Doctor Doom, which is the real release I feel most people want. Mm -hmm. But, like, we have no Eternals, we have no Shang-Chi, we're missing, like, half of the Ant-Man cast. Yeah. Like, still other big names like Namor, and, like, there's only a few Illuminati missing for them to all be there. Mm-hmm. Like, just two or three, and they're all there. So, yeah. like, there's a bunch of, like... Though, I think people. we will never get all of them. Really? Who do you think's not going to be there? Professor X. Mm, yeah. Uh, he's think... probably the one that wouldn't translate probably mm-hmm. well into MCP. Yeah, I think he is too complicated to make a character that both feels correct and not overbearing. Yeah, well, I think it depends on the version they pick, right? Like, I could see a current run Krakoa Professor X a lot better than Mm -hmm. the the quote-unquote more iconic wheelchair-bound one. Yeah. And it'd probably be more, uh, not interesting, but probably more... Uh, feasible to design mm-hmm. Professor but, X as he is currently in the comics than mm-hmm. how most folks picture him from, like, the 90s cartoon. But Professor X is such a character about personal restraint that making him in a 
game, either you're asking, setting up great power and asking a player to restrain themselves in a competitive setting, or inherently restraining the character and making people comment on how he feels underpowered. Yeah. Well, Pummeltal, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, um, we're also missing, like, notable Wakandans at yes. this point. Like, there's some major stuff uh, that we just don't have. And, like, as the MCU is starting to get more of, like, the deep-cut content out there, it's, I'm hoping some of them make their way in. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm also hoping one day that the MCU will remember that the Cloak and Dagger TV show and Runaways exist because they were both better than most of what the MCU has put out. But that's a me problem. I haven't seen either series, but I'm a big fan of Cloak and Dagger in general, I think, and I think they would be a great box for MCP. Oh yeah, no, I think they would be a fantastic box. Um, my comment about the Cloak and Dagger TV show is that it is a... And, and Runaways too. they are very... Focused products with a target audience rather than trying to appeal to everyone. And they play really well to their target audience. They may not play for other people, but they want the intended target. Where I think Marvel properties have a tendency to try and play to everyone and being fine to everyone. Rather yeah, they're, than have... Some are blockbusters, right? For yeah. the most part. Um... Where Cloak and Dagger and Runaways are really, really good teen dramas. Like, really good. But they're teen dramas. They have a focused intent. Yeah, like, there's a target demographic for yeah. that kind of TV show. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and, like, the one thing I, I will say is that, like, Marvel needs to... Marvel has two modes of TV currently, and I don't like either of them. They yep. they have their summer blockbuster as six episodes, which generally has really wonky pacing, and like it's fine or too terrible. One of the worst things they ever made, but yeah. And then they have their sitcoms, and I've never been a sitcom person. And yeah. I respect their sitcoms more, but they are less stuff I am interested in. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, I wanted She-Hulk to be closer to a Marvel Law and Order, and it ended up being a sitcom, and I'm totally annoyed about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, so I just, I have weird takes on stuff. <laughs> no, but at least, like, everything you've said so far for me is, like, at the bare minimum, sensible. And, like, mostly falls down to personal taste, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, they each their own. I, I still remember Ryling calling my tier list of MCU and MCU adjacent films near riot inducing. Because. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I remember seeing that list and, like, uh, I could see why folks would get mad about it, but. Uh -huh. For me, it's like you gotta, um, you have to uh, temper your expectations, right? Yeah. When I go see a Marvel movie, 
I'm going to see like a summer blockbuster. I'm not waiting for the Palme d'Or de Cannes. Like I'm not going to see a great cinema. I'm just going to see a summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like my expectation is to be mildly entertained. I'm not going there to watch like great cinema. Mm-hmm. And for me, Marvel hits that spot where like uh, you grab a drink and popcorn at the cinema park and you're on, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's it's. I have opinions about stuff. Welcome to the podcast. What else is new? Yep. You have probably heard all of these opinions before because I have been very vocal and consistent about them. Anyway, who did we bring to talk about today? Today I'm bringing to the table a character that's uh, near and dear to my heart in MCP. Uh, Supergiants. Which I think has a very unique... Uh, toolkit? Yes. And is the reason I really like her? Like, I tend to like characters with unique designs or, like, have weird circumstantial toolkits, but when you have a good reason to bring them on, they shine and they can do an amazing job. Uh Uh-huh. But they're not an every-game character. Yes. I I think we are on the same page, and I made a hot take in the Omnis Discord not that long ago. Um... That was a contentious conversation, uh, where that used to be the, like, entire zone of the Force Threat was, like, a sometimes tool. And the most recent Force Threats have all been very boring every-game-style characters, and I am annoyed at it. Yeah, I I can see it. Like, it went from threes being the quote-unquote cornerstone of most rosters like they'd be the threat cost you'd bring the most of and that tend to be the most flexible since they have semi-specialized role but can be generalist enough uh and still have like some limitations and weaknesses like i think threes is probably the most interesting threat cost in the game and now fours like a little uh bumping into that spot where you have now a lot more generalist good all-around fours than you used to have and so like splits that burden on both threes and fours i think Mm -hmm. yeah but i just find them so much more boring yeah i can see it like just being all-around good you can slot in most rosters and you'd be fine mm-hmm. without thinking too much about it. Yeah. That, that's What's... not my style of character, as anyone who has watched the show is well aware of. Yes, it is the exact opposite direction of picking Supergiant. Yes. Um, so Supergiant is a fascinating character and I think has utility has increased because of the uh, crisis changes. Now that we have a number of civilian extracts that she can play on rather than just kind of one. Yes. Which is like one of the big reasons I picked her. I think she's sneakily got a lot better with the new crises. And uh, I think we're going to have a good time trying to find her a home. Mm -hmm. So yes. uh, What is the first place you are thinking about putting her? Uh, the first affiliation I was thinking of putting in her hand actually is um, going to follow up into one of my hot takes from 
uh, my recent appearance on Omnis's cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I think is her best home at the moment is Inhuman, and with the Inhumans, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, of their, they have a tactic cards to care about uh, civilians. Uh, being able to move power around, uh, I think, is both great for and with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the first place I wanted to try her out. Very fair. I I happen to agree. I think the Inhumans are a really interesting spot. And I also have hot takes on how you should be building the Inhumans, but that is a separate conversation. Uh, <laughs> but there are some other places I do want to bring up. Okay. So what do you have in mind? First off, let's talk about probably the most boring, but I think actually powerful option, which is Kingpin Criminal Syndicate. Yeah. That's probably the second one I would have picked, just because with her with the ability to pick up civilians from afar and the ability to pass them on with Kingpin, I think there's a lot of extract shenanigans uh, she opens up. Well, and not just that, it is um, the fact that she has a range for cancel push. Um, um, it's range. Oh, yeah, it's range four. Yeah. yeah. So on uh, new Mayor Fist, you can set it up properly where you can cover both Mayor Fists from the middle. Yeah, that is pretty good. Like, that's what I'm going to do a uh, parenthesis, but that's one of the, like, for me, defining superpower of Jean Grey, the shield mind thing, and I think it's a great tool on Supergiant, even yeah. if it's more limited than Jean's version. And then, two, I think um, the way that her um, ethereal makes her really good into 13 teams on secure. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Like, a lot of attrition teams can't do much against her. Mm-hmm. Just because she takes physical damage and collisions so well. Yeah. And then she's just standing on a point, and you can pack it in a way where, like, between her own healing and, like, uh, an affiliated hood and then some tactics cards, you can keep her on healthy for so long through so many yeah. attacks just because the flat damage of just one damage means she yeah. could tank uh, a a point really well. Yeah, she can face tank for days, especially if, if she's facing a lot of non-rapid-fire physical attacks. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that is something to be aware of, um, and I think that is a very interesting spot for her. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I also just need to bring a convocation. It's it's an obvious pick, but it's she's a mystic user. They like convocation. Yeah, the one thing I don't like as much for her in convocation is since she already has uh, physical defense tech. I think there's some like diminishing return with. Uh, Ironbound books and like some of their tactics card. Um, I agree with that. Um, it's convoca- not the be all end all. Yeah. Uh, convocation is also the only place that I have managed to devour someone's mind. Okay. 
because you just play the Poldock someone and then devour mind and bye bye character. Yeah, I think uh, that brings me to like I think one of the probably two main axes you could focus her on. Like you could try to build around her spender and just enable it to be as efficient and like uh, a more put your luck style of trying to daze or KO or like mm -hmm. just hurt uh, power economies. Mm -hmm. Or you could build around like being able to pick up civilians from up to range five. Yeah. Um, speaking of her spender, probably the worst idea I will present here, but I think it might actually be a thing, is, uh, power control Cyclops X-Men. Yeah, uh, I can see it, but I think you'd have better options than Inhumans if you wanted to do something like that. Because in my experience, a Supergiant builds power pretty easily, and, like, her spender is surprisingly accessible yes. at 8 power. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more for me that X-Men has some of the affiliated power control characters you want already. Uh, most notably pairing a uh, pairing her up with a rogue is super scary. Yeah, but again, I think both Supergiant and Rogues are characters I would splash in humans. Mm -hmm. More notably on the power control end, I would look towards Midnight Suns, honestly. Yeah, I can see it. Like a a a voodoo uh super giant ghost rider blade midnight suns. That's a lot of power control. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty that's also pr probably a solid option and Midnight Sun also helps her mobility issues. Yes. Uh-huh. Um I also think she has a not terrible time in shield. Oh, yeah, because you can uh, grab the aggressive and uh, move her forward, interact from far away. Yeah, I, I see. I think shield is also a good pick. Yeah. Um, and also, like, you have the early spot where you can really, you can really tank, push her forward super quickly in shield on turn one if you want her up the board. Because you can sit rep into Howling Commander's reposition her before she even yeah. activates. And she's already pretty far up with both of these. Yeah. Um, so that's another option. Um, do you have any other places that jump out to you? The other one I was thinking about was Sentinels. But that's probably a like, um, spicier pick. I haven't played them that much yet, so um, bear that in mind. But I think with the... With the um, What's it called? The the Cassandra Novos card where uh, yeah. you can turn your shields into wilds. Yeah. Uh, I think on her spender becomes scary pretty quickly. Yeah, that, that does sound pretty scary pretty quickly. Yeah. And like the leadership helps, helps her build power. Uh, she's very resilient to physical attacks, which is not something the Sentinel can say for themselves, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is also a big upset. Yeah. Um, I also, so I want to talk about Asgard. Yep. Um, just because I think she, she tanks so well and has so much healing. I think she's not quite at the, like, critical mass of healing. So the little extra healing from Asgard is very potent at times. 
yeah. on keeping her going. Yeah, from when I've tried her, like I played her maybe 10, 15 games so far, mm -hmm. uh, her, the biggest weakness I found with her is actually her energy defense. Because yes. at 4 Mystic and having her uh, ethereal superpower, like physical and Mystic are usually super fine, but that 3 feels very, very average. Yes, it very much does. So, like, one of the things I think if we want to build a roster with her that I would try to include is maybe some way to protect her from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also look at Guardians. Give Just giving her rerolls for that energy defense. Yeah. I'm not as huge as a fan of rerolls on defense just because your dice quality is so much worse than on attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still a, an option worth considering yes for sure um trying to think if there's anything else the that same I'm... vein wakanda wakanda you can get yep -roll and also um you can at least one turn if you think there's going to be a lot of energy attacks vibranium shielding on her seems yep. annoying yeah, i would agree and like i like that you can have you can use okoye to protect her gives you rerolls for her spender. Like, I think there's a good amount of synergy you can get with your your four Wakanda models. Yeah. Um, I would also look not as much defensively, but offensively at uh, Spider-Fizz. Um, yep. You can get some very nasty setups with her, especially on scrolls. Um, and then she also... Because her uh, heal on her attack is predicated on dealing damage, she can use the uh, the uh, spider foes leadership to push through damage more consistently. That's fair. Uh, but trust me, there are some dirty setups you can set up with her on scrolls. Oh yeah, I believe you. Like I think, especially on uh, scenarios where. Uh, there's a bunch of civilians with, um, uh, I want to say more unconventional shape, but just like the new shapes in general, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of tricky things you could do with her. Yeah, because you can set up the uh, um, Sinister Trap on one of the scrolls, so both of the scrolls basically cannot be picked up, because if they fail the roll, they get pushed into the Sinister Trap. And then you can uh, either turn to, or if you have some ways to get her early power, um, get that uh, uh, the the school you did you not stop trap. The push. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's all interesting ways that we could fit her in. Yeah. Um. Again, I think she is a very versatile character that people are sleeping yep. on. I agree. Like. Supergiant, we talked earlier about like reevaluating models. For me, those niche models are 99% of the time the first ones I'm reaching for when there's a big meta change. Yeah. So, like models like Jean Grey, Cassandra Nova, Supergiant, like very technical models, mm -hmm. they're the first one I tend to reach for just because when the like meta or uh, setup is right for them, they tend to excel and yes. just be super super good mm -hmm. they're not every game pieces but 
when they need to hit the field and you've got them, they put in so much work. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we've just been avoiding the option that both of us want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like in humans is the the spot I would play. Yeah. I would want to work her in the most. So I'm going to start off with my hottest of hot takes. Uh, I don't think you bling Lockjaw in Inhumans right now. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a very lukewarm take. Uh, my probably harder part of this take, uh, instead for the power generation across uh, your early game, I would bring Korbach to Red Skull. Oh, I'm going to pick someone spicier. I would go with Arnim Zola. Interesting. I can I see think... it too. I think there's a bunch of things I really like about Zola and Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brings solid power generation with his uh, scientific hubris. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I really like is that he brings uh, rerolls. So it yeah. helps you with super giant. Even if you just want to fish for that second wild on her spender to get the stagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's super good. Um, even if she gets the... Um, the bleed, she doesn't care that much just because she can heal it off with her builder uh, uh, gainer relatively easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, he brings the back point sitter and humans don't tend to have really besides Black Bolt. Yeah, so it's it's my thing with Red Skull is he consistently provides four power on turn one to pass around. Uh, he he alone will fuel your entire team. Which yep. I don't think of any other character that really does that. That also has late game viability. Because as soon as you hit that late game, you are throwing out spenders that are throwing any size. There's one character I really like in Inhumans, and I gotta credit my uh, fellow local Magic Nick. Uh, Captain Sam Wilson uh, has a pretty solid power generation in humans. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. His long-range shield throw with the ricochet gives him, like, solid consistency. Like, if he can do uh, two attacks on... Av- like, his floor is two power per turn from his attacks, and his mm-hmm. ceiling is four. And on a mobile three threats, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah. Especially if you're, like... Um, I also like him since you can uh, use him to airlift Supergiant early on, mm-hmm. uh, use the charge too. Like, he just has an overall really nice toolkit that fits very well yeah. with the humans. I. How do I face this? I cannot complain about any of these picks. Um, a lot of these picks I feel are really, really great starting turn two, and I think Inhumans need to get the ground running. Yeah, that's why I like Sam, actually. Just, like, you give him one power in turn one, you charge uh, with his long move and range for uh, shield throw. You should be able to get somebody on turn on round one pretty easily, mm-hmm. and then you even have a second attack. So, more often than not, he's, like, a worse power neutral, at best he gained power. Yeah, it's... How do I phrase this? The requisite for Sam Wilson um, 
being the battery turn one is both your opponent playing into it in a way. Yeah. Um, because if you have a very conservative opponent, he just can't do anything. And there are some scenarios where you can get away with that. Yeah, that's fair. Two, um, he positions so far up the board to do that most of the time that you cannot leadership back to the deployment zone. Yeah, that's fair. But I think, like, usually, uh, with certain exceptions, like, you still want to move your characters at least once forward. So, in my experience, it's not been that bad, but I see your point. Yeah, so it's, I specifically think about leadership to the deployment zone um, when I am playing Miss Marvel. Yeah. So, you can get her the two power to embiggen turn one and get a double attack and start her power generation because as soon as she gets one in big enough she becomes that cycle that you yeah, want out of inhuman she just feeds herself like consistently yeah so it, that is why i grok being able to pass to the deployment zone so valuably if that makes sense yeah, yeah. uh usually like uh for me inhumans like their turn one is actually like in my opinion the hardest round most affiliations can face mm -hmm. like round one in humans is such a puzzle and like there's so many things you can do with very limited resources usually they get online like early turn two you can do almost everything you want yeah but managing what you have on round one is one of the reasons they're so hard to play yeah i Correct. have i have said this before uh, but I will keep reiterating it. I think Inhumans are the biggest brain drain affiliation in the game. For me, they're the second biggest. Uh, I'm going to venture into the hot take territory again and go with Amazing Spider-Man leadership for the biggest brain tax. Mm, okay, I'm going to disagree with you as someone who has played both Amazing Spider-Man leadership and Inhumans for a couple months, at least. Um, there are less decision points in Amazing Spider-Man leadership because yeah, of the sure. lower versatility, so it led, led to less brain drain for me. Yeah, but I can see that. Like, I I think I put uh, Amazing Spider-Man's leadership maybe up there just because for me, even if there's fewer decisions, to th decision three trees, sorry, uh, they are... I found more impactful. Like, uh, you can still shuffle power around um, with some margin of error uh, if you sequence your activations well within humans, and I found you don't have that much luxury with uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. But, like, for sure, those two affiliations are up there as, like, the trickiest to play. Yeah, some of the trickiest to play. Um, I do think there's an obvious character we get in here, uh, which is the affiliated Medusa. Yes. Uh, for me, there's no doubt. Like, Medusa, a lot of... I think she suffers a lot from being a nerfed character, and that the perception of how she performs is a lot worse than how she actually performs. Yeah, she is still insane. Turn one royal to queen, which is super easy, Yes, is super powerful, too. Like, she's still very, very good. Mm -hmm. um, she has allowed me to set up Tone 1 Genesis multiple times. Yep. 
Uh, no doubt in my mind. Um, probably, like, we already talked about Miss Marvel. For me, she feels like a pretty much mm-hmm. granted inclusion in Inhumans. She's just, like, super solid. She's reliable. She's sh- self-sufficient. She just, like, hits all the right spots mm-hmm. so well. Um, and I actually, okay, I think Inhumans are not terrible at the pay-to-flip game. I think it's hard for them on round one, but round one is just hard for Inhumans in general. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as bad as they look on paper. Yeah. Um, and this may just be the style of Inhumans I play, because again, I play this core box Red Skull style that gets plus three power on turn one to basically any other build, innately, with no setup. Um... So, that has done me well on pay to flips. That makes sense? The other, yep, that makes, uh, uh, that's very sensible for me. Uh, the one character, I think, uh, since we're bringing up three power generation, uh, the other one I would probably try to fit in uh, is Ebony Ma. Like, I've been a big fan of Ebony Ma, um, just overall in general. I yeah. think he has a very solid and reliable toolkit. Um, you have Medusa to help him move around, which is his biggest biggest weakness without a space jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also brings that innate three power per turn. Um, and... and Psychic Shockwave. Yes. <laughs> like, I could not bring Ebony Maw without bringing his associated super giant card, I think. Yes. Especially on scenarios like Senator or like mm-hmm. just. There's so many more uh, extracts with a lot more points than mm-hmm. there were before. Yes. Also, I... the thing I really like about Psychic Shockwave as opposed to um, Well-Laid Plans is that both characters, both Maw and Super Giants, have uh, close to no problem generating that three power. Like, Maw does it innately, and Super Giant has just great power generation yeah. at large. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, uh, another, uh, affiliated character that I adore, and I, makes every Inhumans list I play, is Beast. Yes. Like, as an X-Men player, Beast has been, like, for me, the best character in Affiliation, and I think he brings that solid workhorse reliability to Inhumans. He's just, like, a great all-arounder. Uh, his power generation is great. His mobility is great. Uh, he's got one of the cheapest displacement tools on a three threat. Like, uh, his resilient was his reroll. Beast just does it all. <laughs> and of an interesting note, and this was a lot more relevant back before we uh, bigger throws became more common. But in class to class battle against the likes of Valkyrie or your other. Uh, Dark Ark, your other size 2 throws, he's a size 3 character. Yes. And that's pretty significant. Like, yes. he is innately harder to displace. Uh-huh. And he is... So if you look at the people in the same class of throw as him, none of them can throw him, but he can throw all of them. Yes. And he can throw them for cheaper. Yes. Um... I think him and Doc Ock are relatively the same power level in the end. 
uh, just because Doc Ock has the extra, goes to range three compared to his one less cost. Yep. I, I would agree. Like, I think people undervalue Doc Ock. Like, he has oh, yeah. a solid toolkit, great stats. Uh, uh, his builder is pretty on par with the five die builder, just the condition is a bit different. And his spender is pretty nasty. Like, uh -huh. And also, so, his builder is the best attack in the game to scale with extra dice. Yes. Just because his wilds scale, like, so well uh -huh. with more dice, like, I wholeheartedly agree. He used to be a hysterical uh, Dune Prophecy target. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Eight dice with double wilds is an average of 5.5 successes per attack. That is disgusting. On a three threat, it is disgusting. Yes. <laughs> I was a uh, Dune Prophecy degenerate back in the day. Yep, I can see that. <laughs> well, Ancient Widow is my favorite model in this entire game. Oh, that's cool. Like, I like her kit. I think... <laughs> She suffers a lot from competing with a model that shares her, um, that shares the same name, right? Yeah. And I think for me, that's the biggest hurdle of Corset Peter Parker. I think just like having to fight for his spot with Amazing Spider-Man is his biggest we mm -hmm. weakness. Like people just don't value those toolkits enough and they just suffer from having an alter ego, basically. Yeah. Uh... Another uh, affiliated character that I think is a fantastic include, just because she does so much goddamn work. Crystal. Yes. Yes. Crystal, for me, is stapled uh, in humans. Like, that long move, like, her old attack suite is great. Mm -hmm. uh, the the reroll gives her, like, so much consistency, both offensively and defensively. She's just another great characters for humans and like that's one of the things i want to talk about and why i think people uh undervalue in humans is like yeah black bolt is not an amazing character right he doesn't blow you out of the water mm -hmm. uh his leadership is terrific yes but they have access to like so many good and solid uh affiliated characters you have beast crystal miss marvel medusa like they're all they're all characters you're never sad to put on the table. Yes. Like, they never disappoint you. Like, the only character on the entire Inhumans roster that I think is actively not good is Lockjaw. I, I would probably lump in Quicksilver with that, but that's my hot take. Like... Uh I don't think Logjaw has his place in Inhumans. I don't think Quicksilver has either. So, uh, the difference between is Quicksilver is still a character that I would be fine putting on the table. Um, especially in the new meta where long movers are so potent. Yeah. Um, is Quicksilver better served in other affiliations like Mystique? Absolutely. I don't Ooh, think he's... I don't think so. <laughs> but... I'm full of hot takes today, but I think Quicksilver is bad in Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. I I think he has been priced out by other models, but I don't think he's bad. No, I don't think he's bad at all. Uh, but I think his homes are more niche than they look like at first mm -hmm. glance. But I, I am still the person running uh, 
longmova.fibal in Mystique affiliation where I'm doing my cores, uh, Mystique, Quicksilver, Sabertooth. Sabertooth, yeah. That's a good 10-point core. <laughs> yeah, and then you add Toad to get 12, and then you can go wide and be yeah. annoying with things like Wasp and other such weird characters. One of the things I wanted to bring up, which I think we'll agree on, uh, that uh, we probably forgot to bring up before, is Supergiant is a gem bearer. Yes. So, $100 question, with or without the soul gem? Uh, that's actually hard for me, because I can see yeah. it both ways. Um, I think she is a fantastic power battery for that can have a really strong spender, or she can be a very power efficient and helped along by the uh, and really helped along by that in humans power passing, but very strong three threat. Yeah. Personally, from like the games I've played her, I found that she was already generating power pretty degenerately. Yeah. That I think the soul gem feels like overkill and that you'd be wasting power a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Just because like it's with or omnipathy, it's like just so much power that I feel you're wasting some of that, especially for at the cost of a threat. A hundred percent fair. So I would fit her in without the job. Yeah. Um, so we have one other affiliate member we haven't talked about in Pacifics. Yeah, Ronan. Yeah. Um, I think Ronin is one of the most slept-on characters in this game. I I want to like Ronin. Mm -hmm. Like, I think on paper, I really like his skill set a lot more than when I put him on the table. Mm -hmm. Because I found that he just always tries to fish for wilds. And there is, like, he's very feast or famine for me. Like, some mm -hmm. games he feels amazing, some games he just feels alright. Mm -hmm. And that's not my playstyle, but I wouldn't fault for anyone for playing him. So, I I will say, I think he's lowered in value recently. Um, because like, he was such a good counter pick into tall lists. Yeah. Because he hits, like, fairly above his weight class... He can throw size four or less, or push them with his attacks. And, and like, his spender is still pretty nasty. And tall characters are more affected by judgment than low threat characters. Just yes. because they exist with that condition for longer before resetting. I think that's true. Like, a lot of conditions on larger, bigger models, like, they suffer from conditions a lot more than... Uh, three, fours, and twos. Yeah. Um, I think there are some notable exceptions. Um, I think slow effects is a much more like not designed by the way it affects people is much more about what's on the card than the threat value. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, like slowing a Zemo is crippling. Yes. <laughs> like, slowing any long mover is pretty rough. Like, it takes so much away from them. 
And also, any character that has movement off of a spender or movement off of a superpower. Yeah. Also, X-23 was slow. Crippled. She yeah, cannot she get anywhere. Fucking, she feels a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So, it's... it's That is a thing to, like... that That's a condition up, yeah. that I think... Um, and I also... I think shock affects low-threat characters more consistently. Yeah, like, if your builder is four or five dice, losing one is a lot worse than when your builder is at six or seven. Mm-hmm. And then they just become a thing you can ignore and move on, unlike a big threat character. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, um, other, another character I want to bring up out of affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to one you offered. Um, but I think has more of a control play style. Um, Shuri. Yeah, I can see it. Like, I think, depending on what you want, if you want a more offensive piece, mm-hmm. uh, you pick Zola. If you want a more defensive piece, you pick Shuri. Yeah. So, which of those two do we want in this list? That is a good question. Um... I think I like Zola better, mm-hmm. um, just because uh, his uh, I prefer his attack suite to Cherie's, mm-hmm. um, especially since his spender can actually move any size character. Yeah, um, he can be a little more resilient than Cherie. Uh, his defensive stat is a weird spread; it's two three four instead of three three three. Um, but the other thing I like is that he can give himself rerolls, and for me, that's a big plus mm-hmm. as opposed to Shuri. Um, very funny thing that we can't do in this affiliation, but I do want to bring up. Um, if you use uh, Amenzola's uh card, what is it? Scientific, Scientific method, Scientific method on uh, Super Giant, it's a very funny combo. Oh, yeah, I see it. Like, taking two damage, you can heal it off, and, like, uh, having three, what, three, four, five, no, yeah, three, four, five, def- uh, three, five, six defense is yeah. pretty scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Again, we're not playing the right affiliation for it, but it's hysterical. No, nope, but it's something to keep in mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that... That just shows you how good she is. She actually is, like, stat-wise with extra defense dice. Like, she scales super well. Like, all of, uh, all of her kit scales super well with extra dice or rerolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, like, which is why I wanted to bring someone like Zola or Shuri to uh, give them to her, actually. Yeah. And then I 100% agree with you, just because we are doing... The episode for her, we should also bring up anymore. Yeah. Uh, the other one I want to bring, uh, again, we talked uh, a little earlier, I think, was Rogue uh, for that power denial Yes. Uh, uh, option. I think Rogue is one of my favorite splashes in Inhumans just because on turn one, being able to give her a power double move and mutant absorption someone is pretty much as close to true damage as you're going to get an MCP. <laughs> yeah. 
So, like, that's probably my favorite play pattern with her. Just, like, give her a power, double move, and do up to five damage on someone. And as long as they're interacted, there's probably not much they can do. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up one of my favorite uh, Inhuman splashes. Um, and it is Miles Morales. Yeah, I like Miles in Inhumans. He goes so well with Miss Marvel. He gives you uh, extract denial with a spender. Uh, being able to do, uh, what's it called? A better uh, tomorrow. A better tomorrow pretty easily on turn one. Yeah. On round one, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one is, is insane, turn one. Yeah. Like, it's pretty solid. So, and humans just have so many good options. Yes. Like, they're really spoiled for choice. And I think that's also one of the reasons they're harder to get in. Is just, like, there's so many things you want and can do super early on. That, that like, you have to stop and really think about what you want to bring and put on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I like Venom in the Inhumans. I like Sentinel Prime a lot in Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, he's probably the uh, favorite splash uh, I see with him. And, like, he gains power after he's activated. Uh, he's the large base for Medusa to Royal Decree on. Mm-hmm. Um, he also brings rerolls. Like, he's another option we could, he's another option we could fit in instead of Zola or Shuri. Uh, he just does so much for them. Mm-hmm. I have also played uh, the Howling Commandos in Inhumans, and they've done pretty dang solid. Yeah, they bring a medium base and redund- redundancy with the Royal Decree. Like, they fit so well. Like, that's the thing, right? Inhuman is such a brewer's paradise. Yeah. In MCP. Like, there's not much you can't do with them. Um. Also, and this is not the list for it because we're already bringing Ebony Ma. But being able to Royal Decree Modoc turn one is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, every large base character that's not super mobile just, like, mm-hmm. really wants to hog Medusa for days. Mm-hmm. But, like, you only have to move, uh, reposition Modoc once, and then he's good. Yeah. He gets uh- online super fast with his ranger attack, and then, like, he brings a good toolkit to mm-hmm. the Inhumans. Um, there's also just, like, the consistency of rapid-fire characters in Inhumans for a yep. generation is always a good thing, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a sitting with one spot left. Okay. Um, I have Supergiant, Black Bolt, Medusa, Miss Marvel, Beast, Crystal, Amenzola, Ebony Ma, and Rogue. I think the last one I want to bring is Okoye. Okoye, yeah, I can definitely see that. Just because she can help protect your more fragile pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, that three energy defense weakness on Supergiant for me is like a big hole in her arsenal. And since she's such a good power battery, she can pretty easily just uh, always... Feed one power to Okoye to yeah. bodyguard her. Mm-hmm. And that's like a super low uh, opportunity cost for yeah. her. Um, now let's head into Crisis, which I think we have easy Crisis selection here. 
Yeah, I agree. I think you want uh, civilian extracts. Yep. To no one's surprise. So I think uh, it's scroll. Scroll. Spider infected. Yeah, I like spider infected just because uh, super giant can also stop the push on characters like black bolt. If he ever gets one, feels super sad to be moved around. Uh, being able to stop that on your key characters, I think, is super important and a nice synergy you get from the get-go. Yep. Uh, and yeah. then, do we do senators? Yeah, that's the $100 question. I think you do. Yeah, I think you uh, do, too. Uh, just so because you have Medusa to move people around. Uh, Miss Marvel can also get around pretty uh, efficiently with her uh, Ambigan. Beast gets an advance off his bender or a place off his builder. Yeah. Like, you have so many ways to play around that restriction that I think it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I have played a... I have played a match versus uh, Shadowlands Criminal Syndicate on Senators. And... It was tied even at the end of round four. Yep. At 16. So it's like, I ended up losing that match just because they were slightly ahead on attrition. And the only reason we were tied at 16 was the fact that they had usurped the throne to match my Genesis. Yeah. Like, Terry Genesis, if you have all civilian extracts, is great. Yeah. Like, getting that days and 2VP is just so free. That is a 3VP swing. Yes. And, like, being able to do it out of activation, for me, is huge. Yes. Secures are much more interesting. Yes. I think they probably are the harder things to build around with than humans. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple ways you could go at it. You could go do, like, center lines... Uh, things like demons or gamma just to keep your bubble and shuffle power around is that the best pick i don't know but it's one of the ways to go at it mm -hmm. um one cry one secure i would think i i think i would like a lot with those is sword base yeah i'm i think sword base is a fantastic pull for them and there's another pay to flip that i do want to shout out um, that I is think... that deadly meteors? No, but that Ooh. is a good call. I think they are surprisingly good on mutant madman. Yeah, I can see it. Like they they can have give beast the consistent double flip attempt on turn one. Yes, and like you can even uh, give yourself some margin, like just being able to move, pay to roll. If you don't roll any failures, you can then give him a power then move yes. forward and flip the other one. Mm -hmm. Which I think, like, is important leeway for just... Mar like I talked earlier about the margin of error. It's these little things that if you can capitalize on, makes an human, like, really, really shine. Being able yeah. to just edge your bets at every turn helps them so much. And then also, Black Bolt is also a character that has that four physical to flip and he is your leader so you are playing him every game he's a 4-4 four, four, which is great for uh, pay to flips yeah so I could oh. easily see a full pay to flip core but the only problem is super giant is not that great on pay to flips 
No. But we still have Rogue. We included Rogue. Yeah. I think that she's another one with four on for Mutant Madman. Yeah. And I think um, yeah. I think the Supergiant support staff on Mutant Madman can be powerful for keeping people on the point so it's more difficult for other people to flip. Yes. Um, the one thing I'm not such a fan of on um, Mutant Madman uh, is just that like ha having to split uh, your team on both sides of bees with no no one really able to reposition themselves super well between both flanks is the thing that makes me uh, ambivalent for it, but uh, I'd be willing to try it out. So, uh, you say that, but Medusa can actually reposition herself very, very well across flanks. Yeah. Because um, she can roll the Kree off of someone, walk... And then if you positioned it right, you can roll the Kree again into the fray. Yeah. But that's the one character. Like, that's what my one concern is, like, you can't easily mm -hmm. pivot if you need to. Yeah. Um, but I still think they're pretty good at it. I also think uh, Miss Marvel can pivot very quickly. Yeah, she can begin, move. And then uh, she's basically there. Yeah. Because she's a medium move on a big base. A large base, yeah. Yeah. Which is um, a lot of distance. Yes. So. I think Infinity Formula is also an option. The extra yeah. power is like three within humans. It just gives you so much more mm -hmm. uh, leeway to play with your leadership. Also, because we are playing Supergiant, I want to bring up another dumb interaction. Are we yep. a Cosmic Invasion team with Supergiant? Yeah, I thought about it. Just because being able to control that push, uh, leverage that extra power, um, is pretty good. Is I think is a it's a nice interaction. Mm -hmm. It's the reason I play it in my uh, Winter God list. Yeah, just being able to like freely gain that power and not be pushed. Yeah, it's hysterical in Winter God. It's like, oh, I rolled a wild. I gained two power. I roll again. Oh, look, I got a shield. Don't get to get pushed. Yay me! Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's a solid option. I miss Terrigen Clouds. Yeah. Like, I get why they cut it for, like, just crisis variation. But, eh. I would have preferred Terrigen Clouds stayed in and stayed as it was. And then Maya Fisk becomes the closer together one. And they are two yeah. separate because those would be two different fueling missions. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I understand. Yeah. Like, I think they could have gone both either way and it will be fine. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah. Um. What do you want to go with for our third crisis? Ooh, so we have Sword and Mutant Madman? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good question. Honestly, I want to say Gamma. Just like having that central scrum, which I think they're pretty good in and mm -hmm. helps super giant. Like, it's going to be your one crisis where 
uh, one crisis where Super Giant's gonna do her spender every turn. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. for having done it myself, just having that her spender get the Devour Mind and day some run from Volta Zero, mm-hmm. and they end up with no power, is really hilarious. Yeah. Like, it feels so fun to do when you get it. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's only a seven-odd something person chance of getting it, uh, but having access to rerolls, especially on a close uh, range like that with uh, characters like Zola, yep. uh, helps her like at least hit some consistency right there to at least get like the two wilds you need for a stagger. Like, yeah, uh, just being able to like uh, sap a lot of power from a character then stagger them uh feels super good like i i've done it on hulks and like big character hulk starting his turn with no power and stagger feels super bad yeah and like what's he gonna do punch you once and cross his finger to pull some damage and if he's punching super giant he's doing that best one yeah it feels really terrible mm-hmm. and like your three threats single-handedly deals with hulk which is a big upset yeah um, so I think there are two tactics cards that immediately get into our list, which are Teogenesis and uh Psychic Shockwave. Yes. What's next? Um uh, I wanna go with I think Smash. Okay. Uh because I think the clear benefit this benefactor from it is probably Miss Marvel since since she can go up to size four. Mm-hmm. But I like being able to destroy a size one with Super Giant just to get that extra die. Like, I'll fish for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Uh, Do we bring in Human Royal Family? I think so. I think I've, like, the more I've seen the card played, because I have, uh, one of my local is like, as as the X-Men are for me, the Inhumans are for for them. Like they've played over two hundred games of with Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Like they've played them a lot, and like they've been pretty big on Inhuman Royal Family recently, especially since the Crisis Change. Uh, and I think the card puts in the work. Like it's mm-hmm. worth putting. Um, character specific card wise, the only one that really jumps out is uh, Elemental Empowerment. I think I would still play oh. this Islands card for oh. Ma. Fair. Um, that's fair. Sorry, Elemental Infusion is the official name. Uh, it's Crystal's card that is nutty. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I'm not as big on that card is like it goes away when she's dazed, as opposed to like similar effect. But the card is really, really good. Like that. I think uh, it would be broken if it didn't have that line of text. It would be a lot more powerful for sure. I think it would become the thing that breaks Amazing Peter if yeah. it didn't have that line of text. Absolutely. Like, I tried playing Crystal with Amazing Spider-Man for that reason, and it's, like, it... It's already it really good. showed me just how strong that card it can be. Yeah. Um... No, I played uh, a terrible shell uh, where you are doing crystal and bullseye so you can auto-proc it. 
Yeah, yeah. I like it. With a two threat, and then you're doing kick them while they're down shenanigans because they just have too many conditions on them. The next card I wanted to pick, actually, since you were bringing Elemental Infusion, I think kick them while they're down. Um, to like, it's a little bit memey, but to just try to fish for that KO with Super Giant Spender. Mm-hmm. Also, best art in MCP. Eyes on a prize. <laughs> no, it. Come on, you have to respect Kingpin throwing stripper money at Daredevil. Yeah. Like, the art for that card is really great. Uh-huh. Like, really A1 flavor. Yeah. Um, um, are we an eye on the prize? Team? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I think I think with our power manipulation, we can make use of it really well. Yes. Uh, that's one of, like, the cards that gives you some interesting round one play within humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's worth bringing up. Um, I think we take Sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice, like, the the restricted card for me are probably the, like, quote-unquote more boring package. Uh, I think Brace and Sacrifice are probably your two go-to cards. Um, I can see an, ar- uh, an argument for, like, others, but by default, I would gravitate for those two. I was going to go for Sacrifice Patch-Up. Yeah? Um, Why Patch-Up? I think we just have enough power batteries to fuel it whenever we need it. And I think yeah, healing is so important in the game right now, especially on people like Medusa or Supergiant who are harder to take down because of their innate superpowers. I usually tend to reach for Brace just because it's like, especially like on this list, we don't have that many terrain throws. Mm-hmm. And I feel some of our characters could like just really be victim of that. Well, we actually have more terrain throws than you think, I think, because Miss Marvel has one. Yep. Beast has one. Yep. Rogue has one. Ebony Ma and Rogue? Yeah, Ebony Ma and Rogue. Yeah, so that's four. It's not too bad. And you have two size four throws mm-hmm. with that. So yeah, it's not as bad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I can go either way on this. Do you want to go brace or patch up? Yeah, I think I could go either way too. Like, I think there's a good argument for both. I would personally just try both and see which one I yeah. prefer. It's also... I think brace, brace is like the safe, mm-hmm. no-risk pick. Uh, but I can see a good argument for patch up. And also, we have... It's also maybe a medical, because I've been running into more throwless teams. Um, with the return of uh, Criminal Syndicate. Oh, okay. Uh, the the Shadowlands Devil, Daredevil want to rapid-fire a bunch of Criminal Syndicate teams. Oh, yeah, those don't... Do not have throws. Yeah, I think that's that's something uh, where my meta is probably different from a lot of local metas, where we tend to play like super heavily scenario teams and attrition teams don't do super well locally. Mm-hmm. So like most teams have like four plus characters that can throw. Like it's just super common in my local area, but that's probably just something like 
specific to that. Mm-hmm. Very fair. But we have a full list. Yep. So for everyone at home, it is Supergiant, Black Bolt, Medusa, Miss Marvel, Beast, Crystal, Amonzola, Ebony Maw, Rogue, and Aquae for our characters. For tactic cards, we have Terror Genesis, Psychic Shockwave, Smash, Inhuman Royal Family, Elemental Infusion, Kick Them While They're Down, Shh, Eye on the Prize, Sacrifice, and Brace. For Secures, we have Sword Establishes Base on Moon's Blue Area. Mutant Madman turns city center into lethal amusement park. Gamma Wave sweeps across the Midwest. And for Extracts, we have Schools Infiltrate World Leadership, Spider-Infected Invade Manhattan, and Mutant Extremists Target U.S. Senators. Thank you very much for coming on. It's a pleasure. Always a blast to dojo some funky listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably try it out. I'll probably actually try it out at some point. Uh, but so far, I'm still in prep for LVO, so yes. it's going to be after that more likely than not. And as I said, this episode is co- probably coming out during LVO, but I will be there and I will be running all the side events. So, yeah, I so will we'll see... see. we'll see you there. Yes, I'm interested to watch gymnastics. Oh yeah, that that's bound to be uh, interesting. Hopefully, people will bring spicy picks and not boring ones. Yes. No, I I I intend because uh, I'm saying gymnastics, the team event, and uh, the uh, 15 roster ban uh, pick ban event. Okay. Um, those are the three things I'm majorly overseeing. And so I am planning an episode of my bonus podcast that you can get on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Lexa White, uh, covering w- all the cool lists and stuff I saw at OVO. Nice. So expect to hear that within the next couple weeks uh, from when this comes out. Uh, but if people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? They can find me on most MCP discords at this point uh, under the username Vodka Blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also run a uh, MCP X-Men dedicated blog on which you can find like b- battle reports, tips and tricks, uh, and just like overall X-Men focused content for MCP. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called mcpfirstclass.blogspot.com. If you want to have at it, you can always DM me for anything. Uh, I'm always happy to talk about uh, f- uh, other, uh, talk about mutants with uh, fellow fanatics to uh, take Omnis's parlance. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a, I'm a big fan of weird-ass mutants that aren't in the game yet. Yes. Like, that's the thing, right? There's so many mutants they uh-huh. could put in that are, like, interesting, even if a little niche. Yes. Give, give me my pirate captain already. <laughs> I agree. Like, that's the version of uh, yes, no. Pride, I won. <laughs> that is like, the best outfit by a fucking mile. Yes, the Red Queen Kid- Kitty Pride is best Kitty Pride. Yes, where she's having slightly homo- uh, homoerotic conversations with Emma Frost. Yep. But I mean, any conversation between Emma Frost and another woman is slightly homoerotic. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I don't know if that woman knows how to stop. I don't think so. But that's part of her charm, right? Yes. That's why we like Emma Frost so much. She's just, like, such an icon. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is here to go boss, gatekeep, gaslight her way through the world. Anyway. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can do so. I'm Lexa White on all the MCP Discords, Egypt on the non-MCP Discords. If you want to support me, you can do so at patreon.com slash Lexa White, where you get the aforementioned uh, MCP-centric podcasts uh, that, uh, inspired by last episode and our conversation with Mervain, is officially been titled The Darkhold, because I have the keeper of all the weird jank. <laughs> all the dark knowledge. On top of that, you get access to the Morlocks Discord, where you get to not only hang out and talk weird uh, MCP stuff, uh, you also get to hear me ramble about TV and uh, check out my custom MCP stuff as I am continuing to work on my versus Capcom expansion. Some of the stuff is actually getting prepped for testing, which is exciting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yes. Um... Also, you get my week, uh, monthly check-ins and uh, quarterly playlists at the $2 tier. And at the $5 tier, you get the uh, bonus guest-based episodes of my What I've Been Watching, which this month, uh, hopefully out by the time this episode comes out, as long as things go well. If not, it's going to have to wait till after LBO, because, yeah. Uh, yep. I will have a sit-down with my friend and... Kaiju slash Tosu Satsu expert uh, Frank to talk about Shin Ultraman. Ooh. Yes. Super excited about that. Um, no doubt. And then if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at morlocksmcp at gmail.com. And once again, I will see you all at LVL. And if you want to see me play something completely different, come visit twitch.tv slash games. Every Saturday morning to see us play, uh, to create, and maybe sometimes play custom Arkham Horror the Card Game. So yeah, I do too much stuff. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And keep experimenting, people. <laughs> <laughs>